You're listening to episode 39 of Brave and Boss, the podcast. This is our second last episode of season three. I can't believe it. Um, so this one, I'm going to share the one regret I have in my business. So let's dig into this one and take out that notebook and take some big notes because this one's going to be good. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Brave and Boss. I'm so happy to have you here. If you are a subscriber, welcome. Thank you for repeat listening. If you are brand new to the podcast, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder of the seven figure ethical fashion brand Encircled, host of this podcast, business coach for me, Forlia's B School. As well, I do my own business coaching direct with clients through Brave and Boss. I also host the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Brave and Boss, a great community. If you're not in it yet, head on over. It's totally free. Um, it's a supportive community and I do monthly free group coaching in there as well. So you're going to want to get in on that. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, this is the second last episode of the season. And then I'm going to take a little bit of a break um, to start to record um, season four and hopefully get a big jump on that because as many of you guys know, um, at time of listening in August, this is heading into the busier side of the season for e-commerce. So closing in on halfway through, more than halfway through, I guess, Q3 and into Q4, which is the biggest quarter for e-commerce. So um, I'm definitely trying to get ahead of my recording and uh, I'll talk all about in the next episode, episode 40, what's going to happen in um the next season that's different as well i'll do a little bit of recap of this season uh what worked what went well um what didn't go so well with the podcast um and so make sure you subscribe to the podcast to not miss out on the next episode but in this one i wanted to talk all about this one regret i have in my business and this is something that i think will inspire a lot of you because um this one regret is something that i see coming up very often for people who are early stage entrepreneurs. So I'm not talking about people who are just getting started. So somebody who's doing like a couple thousand dollars a month, I'm talking about somebody who's doing like at least $10,000 a month. And my one regret is I hired way too slow. And I know there's that old adage out there that um, hire slow, fire fast. It's not really what I'm talking about. I didn't like hire like I didn't get into the hiring process and take my time um, hiring the right person and in that in that sense that I feel like I hired too slow. I actually took way too long to make my first hire. And let me explain the difference there a little bit. So I'm a big fan of hiring and taking your time in that process of hiring somebody because I can speak from experience in the recruiting process that I've hired people who are awful. And most of the times when I hired really awful employees, it's because I rushed the process because I was A, desperate for help, or B, um, well, usually I was desperate for help. I just needed somebody ASAP, 
or B, I was feeling panicked because I felt like I needed to work on something like in a channel that like I didn't really understand. So I needed an expert. And then I started panicking and just trying to get anybody in who could help um, or see my investor kind of like pressured me into hiring somebody and I felt like I had to hire them. So I just went out and did it really, really fast just to make them happy. Um, I'm talking all about hiring slow. So the fact that I took a really long time to actually make my first hire in the business and I'm going to go through that timeline for you guys and hopefully it will resonate and I'll talk through some of the things that held me back and hopefully, and now I can see differently in retrospect that they were just little worries that didn't really matter that much. All right, so um, I started Encircled in late 2012. As many of you know, I started from my condo apartment. Um, so I worked out of my condo. I warehoused all the product in there. I outsourced the manufacturing, but I shipped everything from there. Um, and I was also working full-time in a job where I worked probably about 60 to 80 hours a week. I was often on the road. I traveled almost every single week to to different, um, primarily in Canada, but the US as well, sometimes globally. Um, so I was on the go um, and I was really busy, but I consider myself a very productive person. So, you know, I would just set aside time on the evenings, weekends, if I was sitting in the airport, just to do little bits of work on the business. And I was very focused with my time. So I'm very good at dissecting what I should be spending my time on and being very productive. However, um, you know, a couple years went by in the business and um, it was just me part time. Again, business was growing quite a bit. Um, but just think about it like that business could have been growing a lot more if I had a lot more help because it was, again, only me part time. If I went on vacation, I had to have my mom ship product for me. And sometimes if we had big, huge sales, I'd have to have my friends over and have them help me ship. So while that's like fun in the short term, it's not a long term strategy. So, you know, I sold, I eventually sold my condo that I started the business out of um, and to put the cash into savings and to help kind of like fuel myself while I wasn't paying myself and, you know, give me the confidence, I guess, to quit my job. So I eventually quit my job in November 2014 um, and went full time into the business. And I often tell the story. I think if you've been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard the story. Um, but when I quit my job, I felt this like newfound freedom. So for anybody who's ever worked in corporate for a long period of time um, and then jumped into entrepreneurship, it's like a totally, you feel like you've been like let out of prison. Like your day is your own. You can do whatever you want. And I think I took it to like the extreme for the f- at least the first few months. And I just like started traveling. I had no income, let's remind her, I quit my job and I was living off of savings, but I decided, and I wasn't paying myself out of Encircled, but I decided I'm going to travel, going to go surf, I'm going to go to yoga retreats, all this stuff, which is just great, but I didn't have any money and I didn't have anybody else helping me with the business. So it was actually very irresponsible in retrospect, but, um, you know, I was like, I didn't know what to do. And I was actually very scared to hire because I, at the time I was working out of my rental condo at that time, I had an extra bedroom, but I knew I wasn't zoned for commercial. So I was like, oh, I can't hire somebody. That was my assumption. That is not the case. Nowadays, the economy, the gig economy, you can hire people from wherever, whenever. Um, So my regret is hiring too slow because I think by not bringing somebody into the business, even part-time virtual, I suppressed the business growth. 
Now, a lot of you may be listening to this and you're also in that similar situation where you're warehousing product at your house or you don't have an office space or something like that, or perhaps cash flow is very uncertain, so you're scared to hire. Those things can all be fixed. Um, what can't be fixed and what you can't go back and re-get is growth. So if you're not able to fulfill all these orders, if you have a channel that's really doing well, like at the time for me, it was influencer marketing, and you don't have the time to pitch more influencers because you're busy shipping packages and doing customer service, you are dragging your business down. You are slowing down your growth, which is slowing down your revenue, which is slowing down your profit, which will make it take longer and longer to pay yourself. So you need to really think about hiring somebody. And you don't have to go full force and hire a full-time salaried employee and give them benefits and all that stuff. Like I said, you could start with a virtual employee. You could start with an intern, paid or unpaid. Um, you can start right now, specifically during the pandemic, a lot of people, their interns working remotely. Um, but I encourage you to think, if you're making more than, let's say, five or $7,000 a month in, your, in revenue in your store and you're seeing really consistent triple digit growth on your business from what you're working on, you're on to something. So try and think about what are some activities that you can outsource. If you can't bring somebody into your space to ship for you, then think about finding somebody to help you with social media, with press pitching, with influencer pitching, um, with product setup. Um, there's so much stuff that can be done virtually now. It's like amazing. And there's so many collaboration tools out there to help you work with a remote hire as well, which I'll touch on um, towards the end of this episode. But the scariest thing about hiring for sure is that uh, number one, like if you work out of your own home, it's like, how are you gonna structure that? Um, the other thing I hear is like the job description. You're not sure what that person would actually work on. And the surprising thing is once you bring somebody on, you're just gonna find more and more stuff for them to do. As an example, um, you know, uh, a couple years ago, my investor said, you know, you probably need an assistant. And I was like, that sounds so like bougie. I don't think I need an assistant. Um, but when I was listing off all the things I was doing, they were like, those are all really admin. Like you're like cutting checks, you're filing invoices, you're collecting payroll stuff, like you're onboarding employees, like somebody could do that for you. And I was very resistant to it because I was like, oh, I don't think there's enough for a job. Fast forward two years and like I have this amazing employee who was my assistant. Now she's our operations manager. Um, and I honestly couldn't find enough. I couldn't like stop giving her stuff. I found more and more stuff to give her. I was like, oh, she can manage like leasing operations. She can deal with the landlord. She can help with like um, customer service. Like if you've hired the right person, you will like, and you're growing, you will not have a shortage of work for them. I promise. So that fear around having not enough work is a made up fear in your mind and just speaks to the fact that you need to get a little bit more clear on what you're actually working on and what you're focusing on to um, be able to create a job description. This episode is brought to you by Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do unlimited business calling and texting from anywhere with no hardware, just the smartphone you already have. Tresta is the best business phone app on the market, especially for remote teams. You need to stay connected no matter where you are, whether you're in office, working from home, or traveling on business, and Tresta is flexible. Whether you just need a business phone number, a complete business phone system, 
Trusta offers call management features that empower you to communicate smarter and more efficiently, like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more. Trusta is super easy to configure so you can set it up yourself all online. Trusta's virtual phone system makes it easier and more affordable than ever to set up a fully functioning mobile office. It's just $15 per user per month with no contract, so start your free 30-day trial today at trusta.com slash boss. That's www.trusta.com slash boss. And now back to the show. So work on creating a job description and there's tons of templates out there. You can get just Google job description, virtual intern or something like that and use that as a starting point and just outline all the tasks you want them to work on. Give them some high level responsibilities. Maybe they're responsible for checking the customer service inbox two times a day, maybe posting once a day on social media, whatever, doing weekly reporting. You just have to be clear with what they need to work on and uh, why and give them the empowerment and tools to do that. So another fear that comes up with hiring is cost. So the fact that hiring is very expensive and hiring is very expensive, Um, especially it can be a bit of a mind bender if you're in the business and you're not paying yourself yet. And then you're like, well, I'm going to bring somebody in and pay them. Yes, because they are not doing this for sweat equity, which is what you're doing. If you're the owner in the business, you know, you have equity in this business. You have a vested interest in growing this business. I didn't pay myself from Encircled for like the first like, two and a half years, maybe even. Um, So, but I have equity in the business and the equity is worth a lot more now than what I paid myself um, back then. So this is why it's important to grow your business because as your business grows, your revenue grows and your valuation of your business grows and then you can sell it for more money if you want to do that at the end of the day or it will generate more cash flow for you and more profits and ideally more dividends and um, help you build your lifestyle. But you can't get there on your own. You need help. So let's start small here. So start with somebody part-time. Like I said, lots of schools with interns, both paid and unpaid, looking for roles right now. That's a great way to dip your toe in or hire somebody part-time virtual um, hiring. Um, I'm not going to go into details of how to hire right now. There's a bunch of episodes in season two on this um, and earlier in season three. But you can find somebody to work for your brand and find somebody who's just as enthusiastic and passionate about the brand as you are. Oftentimes, clients will, that I coach with will ask me if I think they should give up equity to their first hires. I know that's like a popular thing to do in the software world. And it's a very individual decision. Quite frankly, I would never give up equity to somebody I don't know very well because that's a long-term relationship. Investors, when you have somebody who invests in your business and you give them equity, that is like a marriage. Like you are now tied to that person for a very, very long time. And that's something that I truly didn't really understand. And not that there's anything wrong with my investor. I think they're great. Um, But you are really embedded with these people for a long time. So I would never give a brand new fresh hire that I don't know very well equity because I don't know how they're going to perform. If you want to get rid of them, then they have equity in your business. You'll never get rid of them. So start off by just paying them cash. Set aside some money. Um, Make sure that you can cover off three months of their salary, I think, would be a good starting point and calculate what that is um, and then hire them. And let's say you hire them um, and let's say they aren't very good. 
and they're not growing your revenue and they're causing you more headaches. Well, you know what? You fire them. That's what's going to have to happen. And that is a big boss move. And I know that is the crappy part of running a business is firing people and terminating people. It is awful. Trust me, I've had to do it for um, performance reasons. Um, I've had to do it most recently because of the pandemic. We had to terminate our interns uh, for the summer. Um, and it's not fun, no matter who you're doing it to, and no matter even if they deserve it because they're a crappy employee, it is not good. Um, but that is what being a leader is. It's standing up for your business, standing up for what's right. So if you take on an employee, fully know that at some point you may need to terminate them. And hopefully you don't. Hopefully you bring on an employee, and this is the case that happens for all of you. So you bring on somebody, they lift your workload off your plate, you're able to focus on your zone of genius, they're able to help you build your traffic and your revenue and grow, and then you realize, hey, this person's amazing, I'm gonna hire them full time. And then that person needs an assistant, so you hire an assistant for them. And that is basically how I approach hiring. And I know there's different ways to do it. Like I definitely have a long-term hiring plan where I have like an org chart and I have like a COO and all these roles, but I can't hire that way because I don't have venture capital backing me. So when you see brands like Outdoor Voices and um, Away Luggage and, and Glossier who are hiring like COOs and directors and all these people, that is because they have venture capital backing. They have literally $30 million and can hire these positions before they even have the revenue. So a lot of these brands, like it's shocking how little revenue Outdoor Voices has and how much money they have raised. It is actually mind boggling. That brand boggles my mind. So um, definitely I think... Um, you want to hire with where you're at today and have a plan for where you want to go. So maybe you hire that virtual assistant to help you with customer service and help you with um, social media comments and posting and all that kind of stuff while you're still working on your house. And then you make the goal to like move out of your house and then hire somebody else in the office, blah, blah, blah. Next steps. Great. Make that plan for a year out, a couple years out and what that looks like. And that plan just doesn't have to be overcomplicated. So all you have to do is start thinking about high level, what you work on on a daily basis and how that could be split up more. And trust me when you say like, I know what's going through a lot of people's head when they hear this, they're like, well, I don't know what that person's gonna work on. You will find things because what you're doing right now is not working to the max of your capacity in terms of marketing. There is so much you can do in marketing and product development and operations and logistics. Like as I hire people, I just discover more and more stuff um, they could work on. I mean, as of uh, recording, I th I have 11 employees right now because unfortunately we had to get rid of our interns, which sucked. Um, and I could probably hire another nine people. And actually that was my hiring plan before the pandemic was to hire, um, be up to 20 full-time and uh, part-time employees by uh, mid-2021. Now things have had to change because of um, profitability and cash flow and the pandemic um, impacting our supply chain. But I have more than enough work for people to do stuff. And I am not at shortage of ideas of creative things they could work on, you know, and it does take some thought and it takes you slowing down and realizing that you're working on things that are likely not generating income for your business. You're doing busy work and admin and logistics and stuff that isn't value added. So you need to really figure out how to get there. So here's my last step to recommend. So 
spend some time thinking about what you're working on. Do a week in the life of study. This is something I do in coaching. Um, basically write down in its simplest form, write down what you're working on every hour of the day from Monday to Friday, maybe Monday to Sunday if you work on the weekends. Um, and then go through and take a highlighter and highlight what you did that week that added revenue. So if you sent out an email newsletter and it converted to sales, highlight that. If you did a social post and you know it went viral and it grabbed revenue, great. If you did some press pitching and your press pitching before generated some sales, highlight that. And then look back and just do a rough count. Like out of all the things you worked on on a daily basis, let's say like, let's say five of the 10 were income producing. That's 50% of your time is spent on income producing activities. That's actually pretty good if you're a small business. Um, I expect it to be more like 20%. Um, And if you're in that range, then you're ready to hire somebody. And if you're seeing growth, you're ready to hire. If you have some cash flow that's positive, you are ready to hire. Um, So set aside that three months of salary, carve out a job description, um, and start hiring and start Don't do what I did, which is hire too slow and miss out on some of that growth. Capitalize on that growth now and don't be afraid to um, bring someone in and start slow, start small, but make it impactful. All right. If you love this episode, I'd love it if you rate and reviewed in the Apple Podcast Store. It really helps me out so much. And follow me on Instagram at Christy Sumer and join our free Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash brave and boss and tune in next week for season three finale i can't wait we'll talk to you then bye thank you for listening to brave and boss the podcast if you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.